Thank you, Bridget. Let's uh, pray together, shall we, now, as we look at God's Word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Word. Thank you for this passage from Hebrews. And I pray, Lord, as we finish off Frontline Sundays today, Lord, that you'd really empower us and commission us to be all that we can be in you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I said already, this is our uh, final in a series of five talks around Frontline Sundays. I hope you've been enjoying um, this focus, and I've been encouraged just to hear some of the stories from people, and um, just really good to to hear that people feel like they're affirmed uh, in the front lines that God has called them to. And uh, in our first week, you may remember that Rachel talked about us all being like red dots. Um, Hopefully this is going to come up on the screen. Um, This idea we're all uh, red dots and... uh, have different roles to play. And so one of the things we talked about is that we gather together. We gather together um, to worship God and encourage one another. And we're going to be dwelling a bit more on that in a moment. But then we scatter. So each one of us goes to our different uh, front lines during the week from Monday through to Saturday. And these are the places that we work, we live, and we play. And despite us being a minority, we can actually have an impact on our front lines. We can have an impact in the places that we live, we work, and we play. And you can see actually on this diagram that there are some of the dots which are beginning to go red. And this sense that each of us can have an impact in the places where we are, wherever we are, whatever we do, and whoever we are, Monday through to Saturday. And I just thought it would be useful to remind ourselves of what we mean by front line. Uh, I think when we use that phrase, it's very easy to have that headline. But what, do actually, what are we actually talking about when we talk about uh, uh, front line? So this is what the LICC website says. It says, your front line is the place where you spend much of your time, where you meet people who don't know Jesus. It's the place God has called you, the place of possibility and potential. We may be old or young, healthy or infirm, employed or not, we still have a front line, a place God has put us. And I think this is really affirming because it's saying actually no matter who we are, no matter how experienced, no matter how skillful or not we feel we are, actually God has placed us all. We all have an impact. And this is whether we're a parent, a grandparent, a teacher, in the health profession, the building trade, in business, retail, a homemaker, a carer, leading or supporting a church ministry, part of a social group, and many, many others. All of us have a part to play in God's kingdom. We all can have an impact on the front lines that God has called us to. And today at the end, we're going to have a a time of commissioning, as I said already, and I'm going to invite us all to participate in this because all of us have the opportunity to reveal Jesus uh, to those around us. And there's this wonderful verse Uh, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16 that says, From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And this is really significant. I really want to labor this, and I'll be laboring it again in a moment. But this is really significant that each one of us here today has a part to play, even in our worship as well. It's not just those of us who are at the front or those who are involved in a team. All of us have a part to play in our worship, and as we build one another up. And the theme that we've got today is together we grow. It's together that we grow as we work together. And so there are three key things I want to say this morning, and the first of those is hold on to hope together. It's as we gather together that we can hold on to hope. And there are three particular things I want to pull out for this first point, hold on to hope, as we look at this passage. 
In Hebrews 10:23, it says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. All that we do, all that we are, is based on who God is. It's based on his generosity, for he who promised is faithful. And as church family, we all need each other. You know, when you're part of a, a nuclear family, you need each other. When you're part of a team at work, you need each other. And it's exactly the same for us as a community of uh, faith, uh, as Christian believers. We need each other to encourage one another. And the first thing that I want to say under uh, holding on to hope is we need to hold on to hope. We read in Hebrews chapter 10, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us do what? What are we called to do? What was our vision uh, focus for last year? We are called to draw near, draw near to God. All of us are invited to draw into his presence. And I just want to highlight the importance of this actually this morning because as I said, all of us have different roles and uh, some of us have uh, designated roles, whether that's being on the welcome team or doing the PA or worship or other things as well. But actually all of us have a role here this morning. All of us can have an impact on others. How many of us have been blessed by someone stood next to us who is expressing passion for God? I certainly have, as I've seen people next to me. Sometimes perhaps we felt actually we've been discouraged. I don't know <laughs> if people were. I know. I know. remember when I uh, worshipped sometimes, I used to wave my hands like this and I nearly knocked Ali out once uh, as I was doing that. Um, but, the, but the point is actually there's something about the exuberance, the way we express ourselves, the passions that we reveal in our worship that can motivate and encourage others. How many of us have been encouraged after a service over a coffee and someone says, how are you? And you say you're fine. And then they say, but how are you really? And they really listen to you. They listen to what's going on for you, the troubles, the challenges. How many of you have been blessed by someone just willing to pray for you on a Sunday morning? Do you see all of us have a role? And I just want to encourage us and challenge us, actually, that I believe each one of us has a responsibility. I'm going to use that word, a responsibility, that as we come, that we come ready to offer something. And that's something to offer maybe a word of encouragement, it may be just a heart expressed before God. It might be actually a vulnerability. It might be saying, actually, do you know, my preparation this morning is not to, to offer something to someone else so much as to say, this is the real me this morning. This is how I'm doing. This is where I am. And in fact, by doing that, we're then giving the opportunity for someone else to come and bless us and speak into our lives. All of us have a part to play as part of the body of Christ. And it's as we all contribute together that we draw near together, that we draw near to Christ. So that's the first thing under uh, uh, growing in hope. The second one is, um, as we draw near, what do we draw near with as we approach God? Well, we read in this passage from Hebrews, we draw near with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Isn't this a wonderful thing in our faith that we don't have to somehow do X, Y, and Z to earn God's assurance and his blessing, God offers it to us freely. Freely to us, it cost him everything and his son, Jesus Christ. But he offers to us this great blessing. We are fully assured, we are fully secure in him. Now, those of you who were here last week, Anne used some boxes, so I thought I'd follow the theme. And uh, I've brought some boxes here. 
So I've used this illustration before, but um, I think it's a very helpful one, so I'm going to use it again. Just imagine that this is us, okay? Life can be challenging, okay? Sometimes we can feel a bit alone. But the Bible teaches us very clearly that Christ dwells in our hearts by faith, that Jesus lives inside of us. And so here we are, and God is inside of us. I can get the lid back on. There we go. Um, God is inside of us, and he holds us. He's with us. He gives us hope in our hearts. But the reality is we can still feel a bit exposed, can't we? Because Jesus is in us. We're carrying him around in us. But actually, the Bible teaches more than that. He says that actually we're held in God. Through Christ, by the Holy Spirit, we are in God. And we have this security that wherever we go, whatever we do, even with the shakes of life, we're still held by God, that Jesus Christ lives inside of us. And he is always with us. And so we have this wonderful promise of this security in God that we are loved. And uh, in our passage today, it says, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Thank you, Chloe, for your testimony. You were, you were so honest and about the reality and the challenges of life. And all of us have that assurance that there is no guilt. Sometimes in the church we can convey guilt, but actually there is no guilt in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says what? There is no condemnation. There is no guilt for those in Christ Jesus because we have been set free. Who have we been set free by? We've been set free by Jesus Christ and we stand affirmed in that truth and that reality. And what does that bring us? That brings us peace. We experience peace. In John chapter 14, Jesus says this to his disciples, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. You know, I think increasingly we need to hear that message that we can have peace in God, that no matter where we are, whatever we're doing, that we can know God's peace in us. And I love that, that, that image of that, um, that plant just growing through. It's growing through a, a difficult place, a place that is hard, feels barren. And there may be some of us here this morning who are feeling in a barren or a difficult place. But God says to us, he invites us to draw near. He says, I give you full assurance. And uh, we can experience peace in that place as well. So that's the first key thing I wanted to say. The second two are slightly shorter. Um, the first of the second two is we are encouraged to spur one another on to good works. Hebrews 10:24 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Each one of us, as I said earlier, has a role to play. We can encourage one another and spur one another on. And uh, for some of us, the image of a spur might be of a cowboy with a certain kind of boots digging them into the horse. We may not like that particularly, that uh, ethically for the horse. But it gives an image of, of putting uh, sort of that inspiration uh, and that challenge to, to spur one another on. Um, as we read this passage, it says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And if we go back to the original Greek, this word for spur uh, can also be translated provocation. So in, in other words, what the writer of the Hebrews is saying is that 
as we spur one another, it's not sort of just a kind of nice old gentle encouragement or maybe you want to do that in our nice English way, but actually it's, come on guys, let's go for it. Let's, let's encourage one another to be, to be loving, to care for one another. It may involve a challenge, it may involve an inspiration, but all of us have a part to play as we spur one another on in this way. Um, each of us has got one of these this morning. Did we all get one of these as we came in? Okay, I'm sure, I'm sure we've got some more at the back if anybody didn't get any. Okay, some of our worship team didn't get any. Can we, um, can we get some, uh, some of these stones for the worship team? That'd be great. We want to bless those guys because they do a great job. Um, in fact, can we affirm, just, just wait for a minute, but in a minute, can we affirm our worship guys? Because actually uh, Mark and uh, a few others spent a lot of time last week um, sorting out our PA. We've, um, we've just taken our new PA desk and, uh, and Andrew's um, heading up our worship ministry now, and he's doing a great job. And we've got such a great team, and they, they've been meeting regularly um, over the last year um, to practice, to pray together, and they do such a fantastic job. So it's part of our spurring on. Can we give them an encouragement? Yeah. Now, stones uh, are shaped by the elements, aren't they? They get weathered, and they're shaped um, by their environment, by what's going on around them. The other thing we can say about stones, there are precious stones, and this looks like a precious stone. I'm afraid it's not. Uh, we didn't have enough budget to give everyone a precious stone this morning. Um, but, but, but there's something about the treasure of this, you know, that God values us, uh, but also that we're shaped. And so each one of us is shaped by one another as we live and work together as we worship together, we can shape one another and encourage one another. And here at St. James, we really value the importance of this. And one of the ways that we express this is through our small groups. Um, I'm really encouraged that but I found this out recently that we have over 90 people in small groups here at St. James. It's just fantastic that so many people are stuck into those groups where they can be nurtured and they can grow in faith. And I should add, if you're not part of a small group and would like to be part of one, do come and talk to myself or one of the leadership team to speak to Anne, who heads up um, small groups. And we'd love to get you connected in uh, to a small group. And uh, if you've never been part of a small group, it may, may feel a little bit daunting initially getting into one. But can I just say, it's an amazing place where you can grow in your faith and, uh, and, and experience that sense of community where you can draw near to God as well. Um, and also, it's worth mentioning, um, when we start our Talking Jesus group, uh, t- Talking Jesus course in a couple of weeks' time, again, that's an opportunity to get stuck into a small group over those six weeks if you're not part of one, and you kind of, kind of explore it without committing beyond that. So you can commit for six weeks and see where that goes. And so all of us have this amazing opportunity um, to spur one another on. So maybe even thinking, you know, after the service, how can I spur someone? How can I encourage them? Not dig your heel into them. Let's make that clear. Uh, but but how, how can we actually say some words of encouragement? How can we inspire and challenge one another? Okay, so point one, hold on to hope together. Secondly, spur one another on to good works. Thirdly, keep meeting together. Now, um, uh, there's a... There was a pastor in the States, and uh, he was apparently fed up with excuses given over the years as to why people didn't go to church. And so he included in the, in the weekly uh, newsletter, 10 reasons why I never wash. Okay, so just bear with me on these. So reason, reason number one, uh, I didn't wash because I was forced to as a child. Number two, people who wash are hypocrites. They think they are cleaner than everybody else. 
Reason number three, there are so many different kinds of soap, so I can't decide which one is best. Number three, uh, number four rather, I used to wash, but I got a bit bored, so I stopped. Reason number five, I washed only on special occasions like Christmas and Easter. Reason number six, none of my friends wash. Number seven, I'll start washing when I get older and dirtier. Reason number eight, I can't spare the time. Uh, reason number nine, the bathroom is never warm enough in winter or cool enough in the summer. That's definitely true for us here, isn't it? <laughs> reason number 10, people who make soap are only after your money. So that, a bit of jest, but actually there's something here about us committing to one another, about being community not giving up meeting with one another. Now, I realize I'm preaching to the converted because we're all here uh, this morning. Um, but can I encourage us to, to make church a real priority, uh, to make gathering together on a Sunday a real priority, that it's not just kind of a, an added extra, an added option in our week, but it's something that we're committed to, that we want to express our commitment to one another as the family of God, that we're called to love one another and build one another up in love. Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, as we gather together on a Sunday, it's an opportunity for us to teach, to guide, to challenge, to equip, to enlarge our vision, and to love one another. And I have to say, I feel that St. James is a place that we do that in so many ways. It's a place where we do encourage and build one another up. Um, but there's always room for growth, isn't there? There's always more. And so um, something we're going to do a bit different this morning is we're going to have an act of commissioning, which I'm just going to take us through in a moment. Um, and in that time, what I want to encourage us to do is we're going to stand together and we're going to, I'm going to read some words and then there'll be some responses on the screen. Uh, and then I'll pray for us. And then following that, I want to invite us. Um, I don't know how many of us managed to bring something to represent our front line. I know some people did. I saw them bringing it in. So please feel free to just bring that forward this morning and lay it on the table. I'll, I'll remove my lunchboxes. Uh, it's not, not really my lunchbox. No. Um, feel free to, to bring up your items, put them on the table. And it's as if we're saying, you know, right at the front where we, where we sort of lead our worship, we're saying, you know, you guys matter. What you do matters. What you do from Monday through to Saturday really, really does matter. It's not just what we do on a Sunday. And as we express that, we want to pray God's blessing on all of us. So there's this sense of corporate commissioning together that we commission one another. Now, if you didn't bring something, don't worry. If you forgot, it doesn't matter. Um, hopefully you received some paper and pens. Do people receive paper and pens this morning? Yep, some of us, maybe not the worship band again, because they were practicing, I don't know. Um, but um, if, if you want paper and pens, you want to just raise your hand. And basically, the opportunity within that is just you can write something down. You can write down what your front line is, or if you want to offer before God someone on your front line that you particularly needs God's help at the moment, we're just going to bring all that up. And can I encourage us all, to, all of us to participate in this this morning? Um, that that um, if there's something, even, even if you can't think of anything, just say, God, I offer you myself fold up the blank piece of paper and put it on the table if you can't think of anything to write. But there's this sense of corporate um, engagement uh, with who God's made us to be and, and how we serve him. Okay? Are we up for this, guys? Yep. Good. Excellent. Fantastic. So uh, let's stand together, shall we?